It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota. Training camp practices start today. We've also got major takeaways from yesterday's press conferences on today's Wednesday edition of the Minnesota Football Party. Locked on Sports Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota Football Party. It's your guys hanging out talking next level Vikings football. So join in with Pro Football Network's Arif Hassan, Locked On Vikings Luke Braun, Superior Sports Talk's Luke Inman, and Vikings Insider Sam Ekstrom, plus the biggest names in Minnesota football for the Minnesota Football Party. And it starts now. It's a mailbag Wednesday. It's a Reggie Wilson Wednesday on the Minnesota Football Party. Welcome in. It's training camp week. Talking Vikings football on today's program with plenty of updates from the head coach, the GM, and the quarterback yesterday at TCO Performance Center. Locked on Sports Minnesota is accessible in so many ways. You can find us on YouTube for free. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Also on Amazon Fire, Roku, and the Sirius XM app. Thanks so much for tuning in today, folks. Uh, uh, Reggie Wilson, Care 11 Sports Director and Anchor, joins us every Wednesday. He's with us today. He's at Reggie Wilson TV on Twitter. Reggie, extreme heat this week at training camp. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to wear my, my tank tops, my short shorts, my flip flops. Uh, I'm going to have sunscreen, like bleach all over my face, big <laughs> sun hat. I'm ready. I've got all my, my wardrobe in order. Yeah, heavy on the aloe vera this week for me um, with the shorts. Maybe not short shorts like yours. You know, you got the you got your bird dogs that we still haven't gotten yet. But we, you know, Luke and I digress. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be hot out there, man. It's just just so happens the two days that that I have committed to being out there today and tomorrow just happen to be the hottest days of the week. So. We'll be out there sweating it out, but you know I'm committed to wearing a dark, dark shirt out there so that the the pit stains aren't just too crazy. But looking forward to seeing what this this year's Vikings look like. 
But yeah, that's a I'm, veteran move right there, Reg, just so you don't get the pit stains. This is not your first training camp, I can tell. Also, Sam, you got to watch out for that farmer's tan going on by about uh, practice 10 or 11. That was a rookie mistake by myself back in the Mankato days, if you remember that. I've got a good baseline from from golf this summer, a good golf tan, so maybe that'll save me a little bit of, of suffering on the front end. That was the voice of Luke Inman, by the way. He's at Luke underscore Spinman on Twitter, the sidekick here on the Minnesota football party. We've got training camp depth chart questions from fans, extension talks to get to, and Harrison Smith's bizarre food choice. We'll get to that at the end of the show. But uh, let's kick it off with this and Reggie Wilson. Big press conferences yesterday, very high-level updates from the coach, the quarterback, and the GM. Any big headlines that stuck out to you? Yeah, I think... um... I got a couple. Uh, so the first one, so it's so funny when I was uh, talking to friends, uh, they were like, man, Kevin O'Connell just seems like a really like high energy, confident guy. Like his insight on quarterback is just incredible. And I'm like, you know, we kind of get a little bit more from that show than we usually kind of get in press conferences with him because he keeps it really vanilla I mean, he definitely is not like a, a short guy in in what he says. And I think it's strategic because, you know, he wants to make us understand that he cares about what we're asking him. But at the same time, he's just not very he, – he doesn't give us a whole lot. You know, he and Kwesi both are just masters at saying a lot but not saying much at all. And, uh, you know, I respect it. You know, it is what it is. It kind of makes it kind of hard for us to do our jobs when we're just trying mm-hmm. to pick out something that could work. Um, yesterday, it was interesting, the the comments that they said about Daniil and just trying to pick those things out. But the one of the biggest things that I thought was very interesting was just how verbose and actually pointed he was about Jordan Addison. And about him being disappointed in, yeah. in his actions. And he was just like, look, the why, I understand the why. And the why is important. But the what kind of kind of supersedes the why in this moment. And you just can't put yourself in the position where you're driving that fast. And I told him I was disappointed. And like how he was talking to us about it was as transparent I think is he has been with us about anything and that was very very interesting very very interesting um and what I like and and I've been having a lot of different conversations about like accountability lately just like in life and I love a person who can hold another person accountable like Kevin O'Connell did Jordan Addison it's like, look, the, the stuff came out about the dog and, you know, the, the emergency at his residence about the dog. And, you know, that may that may have been, you know, a, a thing for sure. But he was just like, yeah, even if that was a thing, like that still doesn't justify what he did. Like, you can't be doing that. You can't put yourself in that situation because it could have been a lot worse. And I think, you know regardless of the discourse that has been since Jordan Addison's incident, everybody has had their opinions. I think the one that matters most is what his team thinks and what his head coach thinks. 
And his head coach pretty much like put his stake in, like put his line in the sand, like this is how I feel about this. And it was just interesting that that's what he gave us about it. Um, I really thought that was a, a pretty strong takeaway. And then also just what he said about Daniil. Like, I think Daniil kind of showing up was kind of like a stunner for all of us. I think that was something that we expected to be like, okay, like it's day one of training camp and there's no Daniil. When will he be here? And it was so interesting because it almost, almost kind of seemed like Kwesi was a little chapped yesterday. Like, you know how, how a person smiles, you know, like, <laughs> question like, hey, like, you know what? What's up? And he's just like, hey, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy he's here. You know, <laughs> it was non-answer. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. He's like, he's like, uh, if if they expect him to be a part of the team or you know practicing or whatever, he's like, well, I'm, I'm happy to see him. It's always good to see a great football player like that. And like that little <laughs> smile, you're like, oh, like it's something behind passive, through the smile, passive yeah. aggressive smile. Yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, think about maybe a Delvin Cook returning someday. Uh, you know, great guy. Uh, love the guy to death. Always will. <laughs> always have. But uh, you know, I just want to focus on the the guys we have here today, right in front of yeah, us. Yeah, okay. it was it was real. You were like, oh, like what are you saying that you're not saying? I think that was that was really interesting to me too. It just he didn't seem the most thrilled to be having that conversation with the assembled media. Um, it, it just seemed like, I don't know, but I, I don't, I don't know why they wouldn't think that we would ask about that. And I understand like Daniil's set to make five and a half million dollars this year, which is far below like freaking Nick Bosa is, is, is sitting out or he's holding out right now. And, He's due, I think, like $17 million this year on that fifth-year option uh, bonus. And, like, that is a that is quite the chunk of change. And he's holding out for a new deal. So, like, I can only imagine how Daniil feels. He's like, look, I had a productive year last year. I was healthy. I made the Pro Bowl again. So, like, of course he wants to do a new deal. Um, but it's just interesting hearing what both Kwesi and KLC said. You know, they both were like, hey, it's just good to get him in the building. We haven't seen him all year. First time we've seen him since the season ended. So those were those were my my couple takeaways. Yeah, I mean, Reggie touched on a lot of the good stuff. We kind of talked before the show. A lot of broad overview stuff, for sure. I think now that practice actually starts, they put the pads on today, we'll start to get into a little bit more football and X's and O's as the week goes on. But I thought it was really interesting when Quasey brought up that competitive rebuild once again. How many times in the last 12 months have we all asked, what does the competitive rebuild actually mean? What's the definition? I think he finally shed some light and gave us an actual definition where a lot of teams, let's just use the Bears and Ryan Poles, for example, when building a team, they're going to break everything down to the studs and build it up from scratch. And what you do is once you finally do make the playoffs, you give yourself a little two, three-year Super Bowl window, they like to call it. But you got a real shot to do it. The competitive rebuild, they want to try to make the playoffs every year. They want to get in the dance every year. And once we're in the playoffs, 
who knows? Let's just roll the dice and see what happens. Anything can happen. And there was a couple different ways to do it. He mentioned going the veteran route, which we saw last year. That worked out. You bank on the veterans, right? That core group of guys. And you bank on them being healthy, which is exactly what happened last year. Proof was in the pudding. They went 13 and four. This year, it's going to be more about the young guys and banking on that high upside stuff. Obviously, a lot of different variables to both equations. But it was interesting to finally hear what this competitive rebuild means to him anyways through his lens on paper. And that means having a team in a roster that can just get to the playoffs and from there, anything can happen. Obviously, pros and cons to both. I don't think one's right or one's wrong, whether you want to go the Bears route or what Quasi and KOC are doing here in Minnesota. Um, but it was interesting to finally get some clarity about that competitive rebuild once and for all. Yeah, a couple things for me. Number one, I, I think there is a serious domino effect that has to happen with all of these negotiations. Right now, the Vikings are juggling Daniil Hunter contract, TJ Hawkinson contract, and Justin Jefferson contract. And the way that Quasi talked about TJ Hawkinson and Justin Jefferson made you feel pretty good that talks are in the works and something's going to get done. It just said like he just answered them differently than anything about Daniil Hunter, where he was doing the grimace smile thing. He dodged a little bit. And I think that that negotiation probably has to be the first domino, right? Because that's money that is coming on the books this year, maybe a big chunk of money. And they've got money. They don't have a lot of money. They've got $18 million on the cap, right? So it's not like they can just give Daniil a blank check. That's not how it works. Um, so that those negotiations are touchy and probably influencing whatever's going to happen with Jefferson and Hawkinson. I would guess just based on, you know, signing bonuses that at least some money with the TJ Hawkinson extension would have to get introduced this year. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Um, or maybe not. Maybe they can kick it down the road. But the the Daniil Hunter contract is possibly holding up, I think, the chain of events that has to happen for all of this to work. Uh, number two, no one's mentioned this. How about Kirk hiring a body guy full-time? Going straight Tom Brady, Alex Guerrero on the bit. Going to have a guy that literally works for him full-time, moved him in from Atlanta to try to extend his career. Ron Johnson was saying this morning on the show, great investment. Hire a guy for $100,000. If he extends your career by one year, you make $40 million. Uh, that is 40 times your investment. Did I get that right? It's a lot of money. It's a great investment. So Kirk, he's really buying into this uh, this bodywork thing. And I think it's working for him thus far, to be honest with you guys. So that, that was a big takeaway for me. Um, and we got a lot of Twitter questions to get to as well, folks. So we'll, we'll, we'll circle back to that right after I tell folks that we're brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. It's an official sportsbook partner of Locked On. You can make every moment more at FanDuel by betting NFL futures. You can bet uh, the golf tournament this week, the 3M Open. You can also bet baseball, the Minnesota Twins favored against the Mariners in a matinee this afternoon. New customers who are betting get 10 times their initial bet back in bonus bets up to $200. So you bet 20 get 200 bet 10 get 100 and that's free money going to you in bonus bets whether you win or lose it's all on the safe secure easy to use fanduel sportsbook app or go to fanduel.com slash locked on to play at america's number one sportsbook get up to 200 dollars back in bonus bets why not fanduel.com slash locked on it's fanduel an official partner of major league baseball that's 400, say, 400 400 400 times the investment 
400 times the investment. Add a zero to that. Yeah. Good math, Reggie. Thank you. Yeah, I use the calculator. Appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't uh, couldn't do that in my head right away. So we've got some good Twitter questions coming in related to training camp. We're going to roll through these, and then we're going to end on a bizarre Harrison Smith food choice. Um, Dustin Roberts, what's a hard date to start the panic if Hunter isn't signed by? So I'm looking at the calendar, Reg, July 26th today. When do we hit the panic button? Uh, first off, uh, just wanted to say happy birthday to my mom. It's July 26th hey, today. Hey. That's her birthday. Um, yeah, so July 26th today. Uh, maybe uh, September 1st. September 1st. How about that? So you're, you're willing to be patient. You're, you're not sweating. You're letting this thing play out. Maybe Daniil just doesn't want to do training camp. Well, maybe he just wants to Brett Favre the bit. So I am not like sweating, but in that scenario that you just gave, that would kind of sweat it out with TJ and JJ and as far as their extensions. Right. So I'm sure they don't want to wait until then to do anything. But um, Quasi kind of made it sound like nothing was necessarily imminent with those guys either. So I, I don't know. I don't know what to believe, man. They just they say all those words. And we, we, what do those words mean? Do they mean anything? Yeah, it's a kind of a big nothing burger sometimes when he says that dialogue is ongoing. That's the stock answer. Uh, so September 1st from Reggie. Luke, what do you think? I, I just think the fact that he voluntarily showed up without a deal after all this commotion, all the drama, such a great sign for things to come. And I think a deal gets done here relatively soon. The important thing, you got to take advantage and capitalize on the momentum that he did show up before this kind of momentum loses its luster again. I think that's going to be the key here. That's going to be super important. And we brought this up a hundred times now, but under the Spielman regime, you'd always see deals get done with guys like Harry, uh, Linval, Rudy, et cetera, about a week into camp, maybe a few days less. I think if you wait any longer than that, doubt can start to creep in now, and then you're losing that momentum. Maybe practice seven or eight. I'll say practice eight. I think I'll give them a week window here to miss practice. Practice eight, whatever day that falls on, that's when I'd start to look around and wonder, okay, what's taking so long here? They got to get a deal done soon. Yeah. When's the first preseason game? Is it the 12th, the 11th? I would say that that day, that the first preseason game would be my panic day. Um, here's another problem, guys. They are already stuck for 28 million dead with Kirk. And then Daniil already has 11.24 dead next year. Yeah. Right. It's so it's not as if they can just tack on a big number in void years. They've already done that with Daniil's contract. Um, so that's problematic, I think, in these negotiations. I think that what you need to do is really ideally eliminate some of that dead money next year, give him a fair, hefty two year deal with a little lower number this year. You fit in the cap this year. Number might escalate next year, but you do have the money uh, to handle it. Or maybe you extend the void years beyond next year and just kick that down the road. I think a beefed-up two-year deal is probably the ideal solution with Daniil. Um, and I'm saying August 11. So kind of like kind of like what they did with Kirk then, doing the, the two-year deal. Yeah. Give him an extra year beyond this year. 
Um, and if you have to add void years, I don't love it. Do it. Um, because again, maybe, money is starting to add up, Sam. I know. Well, I'm trying to I'm trying to solve one problem and creating Ooh. another because I the pro- the dead money next year is already a problem. So, so if you get him to play for you next year, then at least you get the player, right? That dead once it's dead on the cap on the books, it's set in stone. Correct? No, no, no. You well, if you sign the player, then that money obviously, yeah, it's, right, right, gets lumped in. Yeah, so you can clear, but so you'd have to trade him, I believe, or clear or sign him. Otherwise, that money is stuck. They got a lot of money to play with right now, just sitting there, over 18 mil to play with. So I'm with you. Maybe mm-hmm. front load a deal, soak up some dead cap, because you're right, on top of the 28 dead with Kirk, boy, you're really behind the eight ball from a, a front office lens going into the offseason next year, being down 30, 40 million for guys that potentially won't even be playing a down for you. So I'm with yeah. you. Yeah, soak up as much of that dead money as you can Do and you front think- load a deal and make him happy now. 18 million and change to play with right now, just sitting there. Use some of that to make Daniil happy and, and stay here long-term as well. But do you think uh, Kwesi is just like cursing Rick Spielman at this point? He's just like, you bleep, 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 sticking me with all this bleep, 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 bleep. Like, I think that's been the toughest part about this. We don't necessarily know. Like, we've we've kind of gotten a little bit of a pullback into the lens of, like, who Kwesi is and what he's about. But I think that's been the toughest part about this whole thing. We don't really know much about Kwesi's dealings. Like he hasn't really given a big money extension or big money contract to anybody yet. So we don't know like what his tendency is as far as like, okay, will he do something into training camp? Will he, you know, wait until camp and preseason is over will he you know will he do something during the season like we don't really know any of his tendencies because he hasn't given out any big money to anybody yet correct yes and that is a little unsettling not knowing how this guy operates Uh, august 10th by the way sam first game preseason seattle game so 15 days from now yeah i feel like two weeks that's a good amount of time to have negotiations, I think. Um, question from Lucky Dragon 84. That's a good number. Um, has two of them asked about the latest on the potential new deals. I think we addressed that pretty well. Ongoing talks. I think Hunter might be the first domino. Um, and then initial training camp depth chart. Again, we're going to have a lot of that today. First practice today. I'll be tweeting at Sam Ekstrom. The Vikings don't release their official depth chart until like mid, like early to mid-August. So that'll be the official depth chart, but we'll have the leaks for you coming out of practice. Um, that'll start today when the Vikings are on the field. And we'll see if there's any any shakeup from minicamp, right? Like were, were there any changes made? because uh, it's been, you know, at safety, for instance, it's been Metellus the third, seen the fourth guy. Will that have changed at all? Will the cornerback pecking order have changed at all? We saw a lot of a Caleb Evans out there. Um, Andrew Booth seemed to be maybe like a little step behind. Uh, is he going to be elevated in the order? So stuff like that. Uh, we'll see if they made any changes from the spring practices to the summer practices. So that's the answer there. Um, from Curtis Nelson. With the rash of offensive tackle extensions announced this morning, what are the odds both Derisaw and Kirk are back next season. So he's referencing, I saw for sure, um, Andrew Thomas, the Giants tackle. He signed for an average annual value 
of like $23.5 million per year. Good tackles, guys, are now it's like good edge rushers, $23 million per year now if you're the best in the market. And guys, I hate to say it, Christian Derrissaw might set the market. He's that good when he resigns. Good news is, Luke, I don't think they have to sign this deal next offseason. That's year three for him. He has a fifth year option. I think they can wait to sign Derrissaw until two years down the road and not have to worry about that. So Derrissaw and Kirk uh, coexisting, I don't think that's really the, the issue right now. He's going to be here a long time. He's a fixture. He's a core nucleus player in this Vikings roster long-term. You scouted him. You drafted him. You developed him into what he is now, a rising superstar. That whole process doesn't happen often in this league at such a premium position, no less. So I think Christian Derrissaw will always be a part of the long-term plans. The bigger question here is Kirk Cousins, obviously. And I think... I think it all depends on what happens this season. Can he carry this team into the playoffs and win a few games this time? I think it's going to be a really difficult decision to extend him again and keep running it back. We just talked about kicking the can down the road. You're already going to pay him eventually at some point. Got to pull the plug. A lot of dead money did not even play for you, especially given to what Quasey mentioned about how much this front office values finding a way to get into the dance, see what happens every year. Kirk Cousins, he always gives you that high floor. I mean, that's such a huge advantage if that's what your competitive rebuild philosophy is to win eight, nine, ten games every year. That's Kirk Cousins in a nutshell. I think the better question here is what are the odds of having both Kirk Cousins and K.J. Osborne back next year? Because if you bring back Kirk Cousins on another $35, $38 million deal, someone's going to have to go. You're going to have to trim somewhere at some place in the roster. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if that would be a guy like KJ Osborne, who's likely going to command a healthy payday next year in free agency. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Luke. I'd say it's, I'd say it's already slim, even without Kirk that KJ comes back because they have Addison. If Addison mm -hmm. shows that he's legit, that makes that decision very and, easy. And keep a keep a close eye on Jalen Naylor, too, and his progression and development, just how confident and comfortable they are, giving him a larger role even next year in 2024 as well. Yeah, Reggie, I, I just can't, I can't uh, begin to wrap my head around another big money extension when we already have to deal with Hunter, Hawkinson, Jefferson, Kirk. Just give it to me four at a time. I can't handle a fifth guy. <laughs> Yeah, I think, um, look, Derisaw is going to get paid. If he continues his extension, uh, Derisaw Island comes back again for another another season of dominance. Look, say what you want about Rick Spielman, but he hit some gold on some of these draft picks, okay? And Derisaw is another one that really, you know, shout out to the scouting department. Shout out to everybody who's doing their homework on these guys, you know, the, the Luke Spinmans of the world. Uh, I think <laughs> they're they're doing a great job with with that particular part. We don't you know, I think it's it's yet to be seen what uh, some of Quasi's draft picks will be. But some of the guys that he inherited, like how blessed are the Vikings to have O'Neal on one side and then Darisaw on the other? And how cool is it that he's only going into year three? Because like you said, Sam, like. If they choose not to keep riding with Kirk Cousins and that dead money is on the cap next year, eh, may not may not want to, you know, try to do some type of, of an extension, especially like when it comes to pecking order, Justin Jefferson is number one. Then you got TJ, you know, and maybe like maybe maybe Jefferson is one B if you put 
Hunter at 1A. I don't know. But, mm-hmm. it, you know, something has to be done about that. But with the extensions, you know, if Kirk comes out and balls this year, especially considering what Luke was talking about, about, you know, the whole competitive rebuild thing, you know, I don't know that the Vikings are going to be in position to swing for one of the top guys in the draft because of that whole mindset that Luke just talked about with the competitive rebuild. And so honestly, I I don't know, you know, stranger things have happened, but I don't know if there's a world where Kirk cousins is not the quarterback next season, especially if, you know, he's coming out, getting his, getting his Guerrero guy and, and, and getting the body right. And, and, you know, if he goes out and balls out this year and another year in the system and shows, you know, a, above average competency in the system and throws for 4,000 yards, 30 plus touchdowns, keeps the interceptions down. They, they get to the playoffs and, and all that is just like, who are you going to get to replace that where Mm -hmm. you have these pass catchers like uh, Jefferson, Hawkinson, Addison, the Ascension of a Jalen Naylor, like all these guys in their prime, if you will, like you need a guy who's going to be able to get them the, the ball consistently and find success on offense Kirk has shown the ability to do that. So, you know, I know fans probably cringe at thinking about another big time contract for Kirk Cousins. But I mean, that's kind of the going rate for quarterbacks these days. So you kind of have to just deal with that. But, you know, Darisaw, like when it comes to extension ladder, like he's like kind of at the bottom of that. Like he still just needs to, you know, just keep his head down, go to work and it'll it'll come for him. 2025 just seems like an eternity from now. And that's when you really have to make that decision. Um, And in 2025, the Vikings have like a hundred million dollars in cap space. So you can, I think we can put our minds at ease. The Vikings will be able to afford him who the quarterback is at that time. I don't know. I'm just amazed at how comfortable Quazy is in the uncertainty being a new GM two years into this thing. To be comfortable in this spot, to not feel like you need to have a concrete plan at the most important position, uh, it either speaks to his naivety or he's just playing 4D chess with us. And the way, maybe he's just really good at saying things in front of the media without offending his players. But the way he talks, he makes it sound like the door is open in the dialogue with Kirk's people. But then Kirk gets up there and kind of t- a little backhanded um, you know, comment there saying, well, I, I tell my agent only to call me if there's something worth talking about. And basically he hasn't called me. <laughs> um, so those talks can't be too far down the road. So again, we're just going to have to wait. Reggie mentioned, Hey, quick props to Rick Spielman finding this guy. People forget we were drafting 14. He actually traded down nine spots and still ended up with Christian Darisaw with the Jets and added a bunch of more day three picks. Ended up getting guys like Kenny Wongwu, Cam Bynum, and some other guys too. So yeah, it wasn't all bad under Rick Spielman. Let's not forget about that. Uh, we're talking secondary battles and Harrison Smith's weird snack. Um, after I remind folks that we're partnered with the Series XM app, the Twins take on the Seattle Mariners again today at 12.10 p.m. Matinee, catch the hometown broadcast. Corey Provis on the call on the SXM app. Just search Twins, and you can find Locked on Sports Minnesota on YouTube. Subscribe for free, and you can get all of the press conferences from training camp. I'm taking the video personally. I'm posting it personally, so I can vouch they will be there uh, yesterday we had KOC, we had Kirk, 
posted on that channel. So check that out. A lot of juicy stuff coming out of those press conferences. Secondary battles. Uh, Fred wants to know what they're looking like. So we don't really know for sure yet, but let's project. Within the secondary, what battles are you guys most focused on? Reg? Andrew Booth Jr. What's up, baby? What's up? What's up? It's time. It's time. I think um, it's interesting because what we heard earlier this offseason from Kwesi is he's like, look, man, we drafted these guys last year for a reason. We believe in all these guys. And so I think it, when it comes to the secondary, Lewis Seen taking at the end of round one, Andrew Booth Jr. taking in round two, like those are two dudes that – I think Kwesi is like, all right, come on. We got to see it. We got to see it from these guys. I think, you know, his draft crush, he wants to see a Caleb Evans take the next step forward as well. And so, but I'm looking at Andrew Booth Jr. A lot of fanfare on him coming here. You know, he slipped out of the first round. You know, a lot of people had him graded as a first round talent and just basically was a wash last year. Had some training camp battles last year, a little aggressive and, you know, a little handsy. Missed pretty much all of his rookie season. It's about the young guys now. It's Byron Murphy and the Pips, basically. Like, Byron Murphy's Gladys Knight. <laughs> and like even even he's just not the strongest Gladys Knight just because of all the time he missed last season so he's expected to anchor you know the cornerback unit but like it's a unit built of largely unproven guys and you know I believe that these guys have supreme amount of talent but it's it's time to show up and prove what what we got like you just hope that the injuries are a thing of the past or at least a a thing of the past enough that, you know, Booth doesn't miss significant time with them. But I think it's time. It's time for him to show up and and show everybody what he's about. He's a very confident guy. I think it's time to match that. Yeah, Reg brought up a great point, though. We kind of gloss over Byron Murphy a little bit too much. Like, all right, we got Murphy, and then what's the battle after him if Byron Murphy were to ever go down and miss three four or five games boy that would shake things up I'm just interested to see Brian Flores deploy these sub packages and where he's got these guys in the pecking order so when he goes to the nickel okay Byron Murphy's sliding inside to that nickel cornerback role who's the two boundary cornerbacks is that a Caleb Evans and Makai Blackman is it Andrew Booth is it a veteran right away in camp like Joan Williams from the Patriots um, and then the safety battle as well guys Josh Metellus is not going anywhere Harrison Smith got up to the podium spoke volumes about just how much of a student this guy is of the game. He's a coach. He's actually taught Harrison Smith some stuff about the playbook and film and things like that. That speaks volumes to me. I don't know where Lewis Seen fits in all this, but I got to imagine whether it's Brian Flores, the head coach KOC, or the guy who drafted him, they're finding ways to get him out on the field. Whether it's just one sub-package look or whatever it may be, they're going to do everything they can to, to get this guy some real live football reps now, now that he's entering year two, because that's the only real way I think he's going to start to develop and get better. Where and how that looks, guys, I have no idea. But again, keep a close watch on Brian Flores and all those sub-package looks. So Harrison Smith is literally nine years older than the next oldest member of the secondary. 
Josh Metellus, 25. Lewis Seen, 23. Cam Bynum, 23. Jay Ward, 23. Uh, at cornerback, Byron Murphy, 25. Juwan Williams, 25. Caleb Evans, 24. Andrew Booth, 22. Makai Blackman, 24. You got youth, and if you can't find a couple players to rise up and entrench themselves as starters, then you got a problem. But you got no shortage of upside in that group. One thing you guys didn't mention, Jay Ward. What is he going to play? Is he going to be sort of in the Metellus role, almost as a hybrid? He's listed as a safety. Is he going to play some nickel, box? I think he needs to add a lot of weight. I think this is going to be a redshirt year for him. He seemed awfully small to me during minicamp. So I think this is going to be a strengthening year, a learning year. But I want to see where they play him because I think that could be a future piece with Metellus being a free agent next year. Who knows about Harrison Smith? Obviously, you got to have future plans as well. So that's what we're looking at in the secondary. And speaking of Harrison Smith, Kirk Cousins threw him under the bus yesterday. Kirk, or no, it was Harrison Smith. Was it Kirk or was it Harrison? I think it was Kirk. It was Kirk. It was Kirk, Kirk threw him under the bus and said that he literally, as a part of his diet, melts cheese on a plate and eats it. And someone reached out to Harrison Smith on Twitter and said, is this true? And Harry goes, shredded or block, typically cheddar, hot sauce optional. What do we What do we make of this? Did we have Harrison Smith pegged all wrong? Is he actually a crazy person, Luke? Jeans are crazy, man. The fact that that guy shows up to training camp every August, just absolutely shredded, just a brick house. One of the no most pun feared. Intended. Well, yeah, right. One of the most feared defensemen in the NFL. And then you find out, okay, what's your uh, what's your diet looking like again? Oh, I just throw some cheese. Yeah, I mean, sure, I have my preferences, right? I got I got my depth chart, but any cheese will do. Really, nuke it for thirty seconds. Hot sauce optional. It's like that's what you've been eating, dude. Holy smokes, man. Yeah, uh, pretty hilarious, if I'm being totally honest. I got to have a little bit of crunch in there, hence the nachos or some tortilla chips. But, hey, Harry, whatever you're doing clearly is working, and it's been working for a long time, so you keep doing you. Yeah, like when I melt cheese on tortilla chips, right, it is it is delicious at first because there's the cheese is still soft, but if you let that sit there for 10 minutes, that cheese hardens up, and, and that's not going to be – good it's going to be kind of chewy you're going to have to gnaw it away so i i think you got to if you're going to eat that stuff you got to do it within like 5 minutes reggie is this is, what kind of behavior are we looking at here <laughs> real sicko behavior but you know what it checks it checks you know harry is a harry's a different dude man he's he's a different dude and i think he like leans into it as well which is you know that's kind of cool it's just like you know what live your truth bro you know like do you but yeah, you know, my wife loves cheese and, you know, that would probably, she wouldn't put the hot sauce on it, but I could see her enjoying that, actually. Uh, I don't think it's her for, first choice to do, but it just kind of reminds me of like when her and I were doing keto, she would make these tacos and the tacos, instead of having like a shell, she would put some cheese on some parchment paper, put it in the oven, let mm. it melt, and then let it let it harden up. And those were our taco shells. Wow. And so it kind of reminds me of that. But just like being like, you know what? I want a snack. Yeah, let me throw this cheese. Blocked 
block cheese, the whole block cheese comment. Now that's some sicko stuff. Like I, I don't know about that one. Like the block cheese you putting in the microwave and how long are you microwaving that? Yeah, and then how are you? You know, you just like take your hand and just like it, it just seems like real sicko behavior. But you know what? Harrison is a savage. It's on the field, and now we see it extends off the field as well. That's just a large amount of dairy. That's a lot of cheese. <laughs> I, I love that Harrison has tweeted twice in the calendar year. He chose yesterday to his second tweet of the year was to tweet about his cheese melting. He's got to put it out there. He's like, look, if you go, if you go report on me, report right. Get the right. story right. Put some hot sauce on that thing. And I'm, that's how we doing it. He settled it. Yeah, that was that was awesome. Uh, I will say, in my entire media career, I've gotten one reply from Harrison Smith on Twitter, and that was the day, the afternoon, that Anthony Barr decided to pull a 180 on the Jets and come back to the Vikings, and I posted the Wolf on Wall Street, I'm not leaving clip, mm -hmm. and Harrison Smith commented, I'm Donnie right now. Donnie, if you've seen the movie, you know his reaction <laughs> is pretty priceless in that scene. So, uh, yeah, he does not tweet very often or hit up social media. So to see him reply to this, speaks volumes of how important this is to him. Uh, good talks today, fellas. Reggie, we're going to be out there braving the heat today. I'm still waiting for the it. notification that says they're moving it inside. Mm -hmm. I'm waiting for it. I'm anxious for it. Yeah, we still got time. Waiting, brother. Let's go. Let's go. 97 today. Mm. Um, looking forward to it, though. Uh, we'll be out at camp. We'll have more coverage for you tomorrow on the football party. Arif Hassan, Luke Braun as well as Friday on the Roundtable, where Reggie Wilson and Ron Johnson rejoin us. He's Luke Inman. I'm Sam Ekstrom. Thanks for following along. Subscribe, comment, follow us on Twitter, and keep on watching Locked On Sports Minnesota. Have a good one, people. Water, Gatorade, so necessary today. Be blessed, spread love. Happy birthday again, Mama. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.